Welcome to the Michigan Man Podcast on Wolverine Sports Radio, a member of the V-Sporto Network and in partnership with SB Nation's Maze and Brew for Wolverine fans from coast to coast. Go Blue and welcome to the show. I'm your host, Mike Fitzpatrick. A reminder that we're on our summer schedule of two shows a month until August when we get back to our weekly schedule. I hope to have a Michigan Man extra for you sometime this month. And when I do, I'll give you notice on Facebook and Twitter. On Facebook this morning, I saw that we are only 88 days away from the start of the season. Not that we want summer to fly by, but season two under coach Jim Harbaugh is not that far away. It's just another week before voluntary practices will get underway. Freshmen will be on campus to join the workouts, and the bridge program will be underway. What that really means is that players will take summer classes as to lighten the load a bit during the season. On today's show, I'm joined by Michigan great Jamie Morris. SB Nation recently picked the best 10 backs in Michigan football history, and Jamie was ranked number four on that list. He was a great running back, a teammate of Jim Harbaugh's, and is still a close friend. So stay with us for Jamie's unique insight on Michigan football. First, a couple of news and notes to get us started. Softball had another great season, but it ended Sunday in the WCWS with a 1-0 loss to Florida State. The offense just could not get anything going. Megan Betza was brilliant tossing a one-hitter. Her one mistake ended up being the difference. She tossed a wild pitch with three on board, and the Seminoles picked up an unearned run, the only one they would need. We'll have more on that on Quick Hits later in the show. Jim Harbaugh's satellite camps are in full swing now. The staff has roughly 31 of them lined up through the end of the month. Unfortunately, the NCAA is also in full swing. The camps barely got underway and the NCAA banned Harbaugh from signing autographs for campers and fans and even put limitations on how many interviews he can give at the camps. It just seems absurd, but Jim takes it in stride. From all reports, campers and coaches have more than enjoyed having the Michigan staff at their locations. It's fun and educational, and it's also great exposure for young athletes when it comes to getting noticed by coaches from around the country. Jamie Morris thinks the entire satellite camp issue is ridiculous. He shares his thoughts on that and more next, here on The Michigan Man, on Wolverine Sports Radio, a member of the V-Sporto Network, and in partnership with SB Nation's Maze and Brew. on our Michigan game day segment this week is Michigan great Jamie Morris. Jamie, it's been a while, but it's great to have you back with us. Thanks, Mike. I really appreciate it. Yeah, it's been a while, but hey, we've had some time off, get a chance to adjust, get a chance to, you know, talk about now we get to talk about the recruiting class, we get to talk about upcoming season and all of that. So I'm excited. Well, during the football season, Jamie, uh, I think, and basketball, you hosted a very entertaining program called A View from the Backfield on WTKA, Ann Arbor. 
Will you be back on Sunday mornings with that show again this fall? I sure hope so. I mean, there's things that, uh, you know, we, I have not talked to the station recently, but they, they talked about us coming back anyway. So, yeah, we hope to have a view from the backfield come back again and do some more football and basketball. It's been It was a great success, and everybody enjoyed it. Well, it is a good program. You do a great job with it, so hopefully we'll uh, hear you back there on Sunday mornings this fall. Been a while, as we said, since we've uh, chatted, Jamie, last summer uh, when we talked. We weren't quite so sure what to expect from the team during Coach Jim Harbaugh's first year. We chatted about this time last year. But, you know, almost a year later now, we know the team was 10-3. Uh, and three. Was that about what you expected, or did last year even exceed your expectations for his first year? I'm going to be real honest with you, Mike. It, it, it exceeded my expectations. Um, I, I, you know, I thought that they could win 10 games. Uh, a lot of things had to, uh, you know, come to fruition. A lot of things did. And the most important thing is, is the team bought in. They bought into their coach. They bought into the, the methods, uh, his methods and everything that he wanted to do. And you could see that this team was hungry and looking for the, the type of discipline that uh, Jim Harbaugh brought, brought to this uh, to this team. And, you know, now I think this team now knows what they need to do to move forward. Well, Jamie, you played at Michigan with Coach Harbaugh. You've been a friend of his for a long time. And I guess after watching him through this first year, not only coaching the team, but public appearances, uh, social media, everything that he does, which is exhausting just watching it, has he always been so focused and high energy as the man we're seeing now? Well, he's always been high energy. He's always been that kind of guy, a special kind of guy that, you know, teammates would, uh, would, would, uh, you know, succumb to that they, he was, his, uh, his whole attitude was infectious. That being said, he's transcended it into his coaching profession where the kids want to be around him. He's, uh, you know, he, his, uh, he's shown the evidence and the kids are buying into it. So yeah, he's been that type of guy staying on his feet, keeping people on toes. I think he's doing the things that what needs to be done for Michigan. I mean, that's, he's keeping us into the public eye. We all know you guys both played for Coach Shem Beckler. Knowing that you played for him and having experienced that and playing with Jim and, and now watching him coach, what similarities are there between both Shem Beckler and Jim Harbaugh and how they coach? Well, the most important thing is, is accountability. You know, he expects things. He, 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 he teaches these guys. He coaches these guys. He tells them what he, what he expects from them. And if you don't get it done, you just won't play. So he has accountability on this. And that's the most important thing for a kid. If you expect something and you know that they can do it, if they put their minds to doing it and there's a problem, you need to let them, let them know. So as a coach, Jim, Jim holds you accountable as, you know, as Coach Jim Beckler did in, to us. I mean, he held us accountable. If he knows that you can do it, you know you can do it, and it's not getting done, we're going to put somebody else in there who can get it done. Well, as you mentioned at the top, Jamie, when we started, uh, there's been a lot that's happened uh, since you and I last talked, of course, the season, recruiting. One of the things that's been a constant since last year at about this time has been the chatter about satellite camps. And we know they've been around for a long time in one form or another. They haven't always been called satellite camps. But in the last year, we've been saturated with, uh, is it good? Is it bad? Who benefits more, the athletes or the universities? And it's ruffled a lot of ACC and SEC feathers, this we know. What do you think of this whole issue of satellite camps, Jamie? I think it's ridiculous. 
I think it's uh, like you said, Mike. We've had camps, and they 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 haven't been called satellite camps. That I mean, they were called something else. They were called football camps when I was coming up. <laughs> that being said, it's an opportunity for uh, a, a coach um, from other parts of the uh, of the country to get a chance to see kids. Now, yes, universities have camps of their own, but not everybody can afford to go to these prestigious camps and pay. Fifteen, three thousand dollars, fifteen hundred dollars to three thousand dollars to afford to stay in a in a camp at a, um, uh, overnight and different things like that. These camps, these camps that they have, let kids show their wear not only to the bigger colleges but to the small schools. I mean, there are, there are certain levels that kids can be at, and you get a chance to let the the smaller sm- smaller schools get a chance to see a young man that he is at their level to play at. So that being said, I mean, the, the satellite camps, that's what we call them nowadays, are taking a hit. Jim Harbaugh's taking a hit because he wants to take advantage of that. I mean, yes, it's, is, it, is it getting the word out about Michigan and what Michigan does? Sure, but it's a word, it's, it's a way to get every other school that wants to attend a chance to get what they believe in, what they, what they do at their universities to get the word out about football. And that's what it's about. Coach Harbaugh not only wants to teach about Michigan football, he wants to teach about football because we talk about concussions, we talk about injuries. They want to talk, they want to teach these kids the proper way to get themselves ready for football in, in, a, in a healthy way of doing things. And sometimes we don't think about that. I think we overreacted. I think, like you said, Mike, and you pointed out, We've had football around for many years. We've had camps around for many years. What we need to do is remember, this is not Jim Harbaugh, and he's, he's the devil of all people. No, Jim Harbaugh wants to teach the correct way of how football should be conducted, how to hit people properly, not using the crown of your head, different things like that. I mean, that's what, that's what Jim Harbaugh is not only about Michigan football. He's about football in general. And we know, as we've been saying, these camps have been around for a long time and there hasn't been any kind of hubbub about these camps for all of these years until Jim Harbaugh decided to take the show on the road. And uh, the SEC, Coach Saban, again last week, uh, was um, talking uh, about the camps. So it really has ruffled the SEC and the ACC's feathers. And I tried to give them the benefit of the doubt at first and said, well, they're not trying to hoard their talent or keep people out. But the longer they keep talking about it, it just sounds like, yeah, that is what they're trying to do. They're trying to keep people out of their neighborhood. They don't want you to come in my my enriched area of a talent and uh, convince a kid that, hey, up north, the northerners, they have snow. But guess what? They play football, too. Oh my God! I can go play somewhere else outside of staying in the twenty twenty uh, mile radius that I live in. I, I got an opportunity to see the world. I got an opportunity to get an education from somewhere else. Oh my God! I mean, this and that's what it's come down to. Nick Saban has no reason to go to storm off. He's won how many national championships? He's recognized as one of the greatest coaches of all time, but yet. He wants to pound his fist on the podium about Jim Harbaugh and satellite him. How small is that? And it's right. And Coach Harbaugh is saying, you know, we have to think about these athletes. And, you know, when you look at the South and the Southeast, how much talent they have, Coach Harbaugh's point is very, very valid. That a lot of these kids who you mentioned 
they can't afford to uh, to go to these uh, high-level Nike camps and whatever else uh, there is out there when the coaches from other areas of the country, like the Northeast and the Midwest, come down to see them. Instead of playing at a, a mid-major or even uh, an NAIA school, now from other parts of the country, Big Ten teams, MAC teams get a look at these kids, which, you know what, that's all good. Right. I think it's a, it's more of an advantage having satellite camps and kids getting the opportunity to be viewed by other schools around the country so they get a chance to know that I'm being recruited by the right coach. You know, whether it's the camps or uh, spring practice abroad, which also ruffled a lot of feathers, uh, Jim has been very innovative, uh, we have to say, as a head coach in a very short period of time here. But you get the feeling he's always thinking, what can I do next to uh, to move things forward for the benefit of the athletes to, you know, to shake things up, Jamie, which is a, really is a, a breath of fresh air, but very different, isn't it? It is. It's an opportunity for young men. Now, remember, as I said earlier, Jim Harbaugh is going to hold everybody accountable. They're going to be transparent in the different things that he does. So that being said, Jim Harbaugh is a breath of fresh air, and he's he, he's uh, and I think it's a breath of fresh air for the kids. They get an opportunity. They, they know the best player on that field. Whether you're the number one recruit or the last recruit that comes in, if you outperform that person, you're going to play on Saturday. Well, with us on our game day segment this week is Michigan great uh, Jamie Morris talking some Michigan football. And let's uh, switch gears to talk uh, about our upcoming season just a bit. I know it's way too early, as uh, ESPN's way too early poll mentioned a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> Uh, you know, we had Shemmy Schembechler on the show, uh, Jamie, a couple of weeks ago. As you know, I know he was an NFL scout for 16 years. And we were just talking about the, the upcoming season and the way it is in the Big Ten right now. And he said from a talent perspective, Ohio State is still well ahead of everyone in the conference right now. But Michigan's closing that gap. And he said it's it's still going to take more time. Is that how you see it, too? Just still a little bit more time? Yeah, I th- I still think we're a little bit far Further behind Ohio State, hey, they've had the uh, they've had the advantage. They had Urban Meyer's been there for what for uh, five years now, mm-hmm. and he's established a great recruiting base and has things rolling down there. And it's going to take us some time to catch up with him. I think as far as the rest of the Big Ten, Michigan is uh, really in the hunt for a lot of players. It's not all the players that they need, but it's going to take time to develop that that talent and to go on the uh, offensive against Ohio State. Well, you know, it's funny how fans are, Jamie. Um, After the Ohio State game last year, most fans I know were saying, okay, it's Jim's first year. It's going to take time. That was a a reality check against Ohio State last year. And then just a few weeks later, uh, we pound out one of the SEC's best in Florida. And all of a sudden, uh, fans with a lot of help from the media are talking Big Ten championships, playoffs, Etc. Cetera, Etc. Cetera. It's it's really fascinating to witness just how fast the expectations change, isn't it, Jamie? It is, but it's great. That's what college football is all about. I mean, uh, a bowl game lets you know how your season, how you have, going to a bowl game helps you know helps people know how well you've done the season in in the previous season. Winning a bowl game sets you up for the for the next year. Now everybody is expecting a big-time year, and so aren't the players and so aren't the coaches. But understanding what you have is, you know, it's going to take time to build that national championship team that you expect to be in the national championship. 
each and every year. It takes time. It's not a one-year wonder. It's not. I mean, Jim Harbaugh knows it's going to take some time and work to bring in the right players that are going to be able to sustain that long and hopefully fruitful uh, type of uh, situation. Well, it is going to take time, and that's what hopefully fans will uh, keep it in check as we move into Season 2. You know, when you look right now at what we have coming up, we have practices coming up or workouts for the players uh, in the next couple of weeks. A lot of competition heading into camp. Coach Harbaugh said after spring ball, the quarterback job still open for competition. From what you saw in the spring, Jamie, is there a leader in that three-man race with Spate, O'Corn, and Morris? I think what was established is that anybody who is at the helm of the quarterback position, we have a leader there. I don't, I don't see one guy sticking out more than the other, but I know that the quarterback position, along with Jake Rudock's performance last year, that shows that, you know, we can, we can get a guy that uh, we, we have some guys that can rule and, and uh, you know, command the respect like a Jake Rudock in a one season season uh, that he had. Now, we have great, great guys that we had the backup, Wilt Spate. We have um, John O'Corn, and uh, we have Shane Morris. You have mm-hmm. some good guys. Shane's been there for the longest, and um, whoever Coach Harbaugh takes, I think the players will back him up in going behind that and saying, this is the guy we respect. Well, you know, when we look ahead to this season, I, myself, I try to uh, to let it play out during the season, take that kind of an attitude when analyzing or looking ahead. But it is hard not to be optimistic about this fall, Jamie, given what happened last year. There are question marks uh, every year. Every team has those. But this year's team looks very good on both sides of the ball right now, don't they? On paper, they're uh, a Final Four team. I mean, if you think about it. You look at it on paper, they, they return some key players, and they bring in some key players that can, that can make an impact year one. So I think, I mean, you're not wrong in what you're, what you're thinking. It's just that we've got to be cautious. Mm-hmm. We've got to remember that it's, it's one game at a time. It's not a season at a time. It's one game at a time. And I think a lot of people want to jump to, okay, look what they did last year. Okay, that was last year. Now, every season's different. Every team is different. But on paper, I agree with you, Michael, we, we look damn good. No question about it. And, and, and again, the uh, sort of the expectation has been restored. We know that every Michigan team wants to win the Big Ten championship. And that, as we have said so many times, is as it should be. Uh, if this Michigan team hopes to do that, when you look at that schedule, Jamie, road games at Iowa City, East Lansing, and Columbus, along with, I don't think, a, a, an easy home schedule, it, it's not going to be easy at all. No, it's not going to be easy. And like you said, a lot of key games this season, especially your two rival, your main two rival games, Michigan State and Ohio State, are on the road, as, as well as the, um, the west, cha- west side of the Big Ten champion, Iowa, is on the road. And, you know, that's a night game. So, mm-hmm. I mean – it, you know, it's not going to be easy getting to our goal right now. But it's good to know and good to hear that the coaches and the players feel the same way that, hey, they do what they need to do. They're going to be, they'll be sitting right where they want to be. Well, final thought for me, Jamie. Uh, Coach Harbaugh has everyone's attention in the college football world right now. And I, I think most of us as fans are enjoying that too. And as former uh, greats like yourself, 
What does Michigan football, though, under Jim Harbaugh, need to accomplish before we can all say we're back? Michigan football is back. Well, we got to win a Big Ten championship. We got to beat our rivals. We got to dominate on field against teams that we know that are not up to snuff at, at a Michigan style, at a Michigan challenge. These things have got to happen. I mean, we've seen glimpses of it last year, but we've got to put it on a regular basis. It's got to happen on a regular, regular, regular basis, and it's got to happen um, over the over over a, I say a five eight year eight year span. We've got to we've got to have great games. We've got to we've got to be we've got when we pick, take a non conference game on, we've got to show Michigan dominance. These are the things that need to happen. Uh, as well as as far as this year. They just got to play football, uh, you know, go out and play Michigan brand football. And, and I mean three yards in a cloud of dust and take advantage of the opportunity when, when the uh, opponent sucks in. I mean, go, go deep when we can and show that we can, we can, we can do that. Uh, from a defensive standpoint, we got to stop teams from scoring. We got to take away the run or the pass and, uh, and dominate and get to the quarterback and, you know, do the things that Michigan football has done over the past couple of years, excuse me, over the past couple of decades that Michigan football is known for. And if we, if we continue doing those sort of things, hey, Coach Harbaugh, right, he, he's got a plan, and we'll be right on his plan. Jamie, thanks for being our guest on the show today. Always a pleasure and a reminder to fans that you'll be back on uh, WTKA Ann Arbor on Sundays. Is it still, well, I know you said it's not finalized yet, but is the uh, the time slot still the same? 9 to 11, yeah. Hopefully, as we get ready for this season, which is not that far away, Jamie, we'll get you back on in August, uh, talk about what's up uh, with the team. So, again, thanks for joining. It's always a pleasure, and we look forward to our next visit. No problem, Mike. Thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it. And uh, a hearty go blue to everybody out there. Wolverine Quick Hits is next as we wrap it up for another week here on The Michigan Man on Wolverine Sports Radio, a member of the V-Sporto Network and in partnership with SB Nation's Maze and Brew. Wolverine quick hits today, despite a one-hitter from junior Megan Betza, the number two ranked University of Michigan softball team struggled to generate offense in its NCAA Women's College World Series elimination game against number seven Florida State, falling one to nothing on Sunday afternoon at ASA Hall of Fame Stadium. The loss ends the Wolverines' 2016 campaign with a stellar 52-7 record. The Seminoles recorded the only run of the contest off a wild pitch in the bottom of the third inning. FSU led off the inning with an infield single, a chopper over the head of junior third baseman Lindsey Montemorano, and drew a pair of walks to load the bases before scoring on a ball in the dirt. Michigan got out of the jam, leaving the bases loaded on a pop foul in the next at-bat. Betza, 28-5 on the season, grew stronger as the game wore on retiring the next nine FSU batters in order through the fourth, fifth, and sixth frames. She finished with four strikeouts and just one hit and four walks allowed. All but one Seminole base runner came in the third inning. The Wolverines end the season again with a 52-7 and record, 
including a 22-2 Big Ten Conference mark and Big Ten title, and advanced to the WCWS for the 12th time in program history. Congratulations to Coach Carol Hutchins and her team on another fantastic season. Like us on Facebook at The Michigan Man Podcast, and follow us on Twitter at The Michigan Man, where you can also follow Wolverine Sports Radio at Go Blue Radio. Our free show apps are now available from the iTunes and Google Play stores. Check them out and take the show with you wherever you go this summer. That will do it for this week. Our next scheduled show will be coming your way on June 22nd. In between now and then, I hope to have an extra show for you, so stay tuned to Twitter and Facebook for an air date. Have a great Wolverine week, everyone. I'm your host, Mike Fitzpatrick. Enjoy summer. Kickoff is only 88 days away, and it will be here soon enough. Until next time, take care, and as always, go blue. Thanks for joining us today on The Michigan Man, here on Wolverine Sports Radio, a member of the V-Sporto Network, and in partnership with SB Nation's Maze and Brew. Our listener lines are open 24-7 for your calls at 313-263-4842. That's 313-263-4842. Or email us at themichiganmanpodcast at yahoo.com. That's themichiganmanpodcast at yahoo.com. The Michigan Man Podcast is produced at the studios of Robin Lynn Productions, Allen Park, Michigan, and is not affiliated with the University of Michigan. Go Blue!